In 2005, I was in Iraq. Um, pretty neat job. I was an air crew member, um, flying Chinooks, helicopters. So there's a helicopter up here on the screen that you guys would be able to look at, and we can all just kind of marvel at the awesomeness that is this machine. Um, but that was my job. I flew around on these things. And Matt, I don't see you over there. I know you can hear me, though. Stop asking. There you are. I cannot, I cannot take you for a flight in a helicopter. I will lose my job. Um, can't happen, sorry. So back to the story. So in 2005, I'm in Iraq, and I'm loving working on these things, absolutely loving it. And then I get this tasking for guard duty, right? So I know you're thinking, you're a soldier, whatever, just go do... No, really, like helicopters was my thing, and guard duty was not my thing. It was terrible. No one wants to do this job, um, especially if you've got another really cool job, like helicopters. Um, you, you can't sleep where you normally sleep. You have to go stay at these separate quarters, and it's like 24 hours you have to guard a base in Iraq, right? So people are in and out. Um, you don't get a lot of sleep when you're off because the lights are always off. People are coming in and out doing different shifts, and they take you out to a guard post or whatever. Um, it's as rough as it is, it's a pretty straightforward job. You sit in a tower, you stay focused outside, you're, you're watchful, you're alert, right? You got a radio, you call some folks every now and then and say, yeah, there's a lady out here farming, nothing going on, you know, and you put the radio down and just back to watching. You do have a buddy with you, it's the army, you always have someone else with you. Um, so there's conversation, but it's as simple as it sounds, it's really not so simple because after a while, you kind of get fatigued, right? You're not getting a lot of sleep. It's boring. It's super boring. Um, but you have to stay awake. You have to stay alert and watch. That's what you're called to do. That's your purpose while you're doing that. And I distinctly remember looking over at the guy beside me or in the guard tower. He's asleep. <laughs> Guy's asleep. Absolutely asleep. You know, maybe my fault. I'm boring. Some of you are probably going to fall asleep. Um, but... He's asleep, there, and there's some pretty serious consequences for falling asleep on guard duty, right? So there's like some legal stuff with the army. If the wrong guy caught him sleeping, we'd probably both, we would. We'd both be in a lot of trouble. Um, the obvious, right? What you're supposed to be doing is not actually happening now. Um, so there's some pretty serious consequences. Um, I think in the scriptures that Jesus is telling us something similar, only it's a, it's a spiritual drowsiness. That's kind of uh, the focus for the scripture that we're going to look at today. He's responding to a question asked by his disciples, and this is in Mark chapter 13. And his answer to their question, which we'll kind of dig into, it's interesting how Jesus answers questions. Um, his answer to the question, um, the basics here is he understands we lose urgency, we lose and understanding for what it is that we're called to do, which is his mission in life. That's why he put us all here on this earth. Um, he gets that. And so either we're hyper-focused maybe on job or school or social things, right? Like friends and stuff like that. And maybe that's why we're not really focused on his mission and looking where we need to be looking. Or maybe we think we're walking that path, right? Like, no, I'm, I'm Christian. I'm doing this, that, and the other. But we're not actually, we're not kind of like on the edge of our seat, focused like we should, perhaps. And either way, I think Jesus is trying to get our attention. So let's check it out. It should be up on the screen there. It's Mark chapter 13, verses 32 through 37. 
It says, but about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house, puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening, at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Let's pray. Father, you know when the end of the age is to come. And you've given the believers so much hope that in those days, you will not leave us, you will not forsake us. But somehow, we, we fall asleep. We fall asleep to your teaching, your truth. Um, we, we begin to follow another path. Today, we, we turn back to you. We ask that you open our eyes, our hearts. You keep us awake to your promises, to your truth. Keep us awake to your mission. Thank you for making a way for us to draw close to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're a note taker, mental or with paper, five W's, I mentioned I'm in the army. Five W's are a big thing in the military. So who, what, when, where, why? That's how we're going to kind of approach this parable. So Jesus, the who, we'll start with who. He's talking to his disciples. We didn't look at it immediately, and we will in just a bit, but it's Peter, Andrew, James, and John that ask him a question, and he is responding to their question. And you'll notice in his answer in the scripture that it's, it's a question directed to them. So we can infer that this is for us, for disciples, for Christians, but it's also, there was an everyone in there, right, in, in that parable, and again, I'll, we'll pull it up here in a second, but there's an everyone. So it's, even if you don't consider yourself a Christian, right, this is actually, there's a, there's a word in here for you as well. Um, look at, uh, at verse 37. It says, what I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. So the you is what I say to you, that's Christians. What I say to everyone, like the other people that are not here immediately in, you know, in front of Jesus' voice at the time. So he's talking to everyone as well. We, we have to watch. So maybe you're searching for something that uh, a relationship with Jesus would provide. Maybe you don't even know, you know, like you're like, no, dude, a relationship with God is not. So maybe there's just something else in life that you are struggling, you're looking for. Um, I think, and my hope today is that you'll be able to kind of look at it through a lens and realize perhaps, just perhaps, that that thing that you're looking for can be found in Jesus. Um, just a, an illustration here, like, do, do you know anybody who seems to be at peace, like whirlwind of craziness happening, but they still somehow seem to have a certain amount of like peace within them. They're okay with circumstances and things that are going on. I have had, obviously, a very good ending of the week, as previously mentioned, um, but I've had a little bit of a roller coaster of a, about a week and a half. Um, I noticed my vision was a little bit blurred in my right eye. I'm thinking I got allergies or, you know, maybe, maybe I got something in there. A couple of days, I still have blurred vision. And I'm a, I'm a whiner. I'm a complainer. And the guys I work with, you know, they're tired of hearing me complain. They say, Matt, go see the doc. He's like the next building over, right? Just walk over there and they'll flush it out or they'll tell you, you know, what's going on. Long story short, I have cataracts. I have cataracts in my eyes. I'm, I'm 39. I'm a pilot. 
and I have cataracts. Like, so this is a little bit of a problem, um, you know, and thinking, okay, well, maybe, maybe, and talk about it at another point in time, but it's going to work out. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work out for me. But um, now, if, if my faith, right, if, my, if the thing that, that I am zeroed in on is my career, and this, is, this has been a telling week, right, because it, it shook me a little bit, a little bit concerned, right? So, but, and, and I think that that's okay, but, but if my entire stock faith was in my career, like was in my job, and that was my identity, right? Because that is a big part of my identity, sure. But if that was it, <laughs> this, this is, and it was, it was, there was moments where I was like, oh, wait, okay, there's something bigger. There's a, there's a bigger God, right? There's a bigger part of who I am, like at my core, my identity. So it's, it's not, you know, I'm preparing this, this message, and I'm looking in this parable, and, I'm, and it's just, it's hitting me in the face. It's like, hey, you need, to, you, need to, you need to watch. Like the guard post that you're in is not purely just the seat of a cockpit of a helicopter, but there's, there's a purpose, there's a place for you. God has something for me in that. So the who, the who your faith is in, the who you are, identity, is huge. And I think we can pull that from this parable. Look at John chapter 14, verse 1. It says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, right? So that's a significant amount of peace based on your faith and where your faith is. So the who, who is big. So that brings us to what. So, you know, what Jesus is telling us about the Christian life here. Um, we didn't read it earlier, but in Mark 13, verses 3 and 4, says, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, right? This is why we can infer this is for Christians. It says, tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are about to be fulfilled? Now, the question's in regards to end times. Jesus is talking about the end of the age. He's given them a lot of, so that's the context. And they're like, oh, okay, tell me when. I want to know when all this, when's it happening? Like, how are we going to know? What are the signs? Give us knowledge. Give us facts. Give us info. And if you remember from the parable, he didn't entirely uh, just flat out give them that information. Um, It's not so much all the facts and the details and the specifics, the what here, what Jesus is is telling us, but it's, it's more about what he expects of them and us as we're waiting for him, right? It would be great to know, but look again at Mark 13, verse 32. So this is part of what we read in the very beginning. It says, but about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father, right? So whether we understand it or can understand it and have all the information, have all the facts, sometimes that's, that's not the point, right? We're not really meant to. We can't know the details. So I've, I've got a really cool slide because don't get me wrong, there's, there's a lot to know about end times. I am ill-equipped to teach that. Um, Matt will look at this slide, this end time slide, and probably he could, I don't know, in a couple minutes. It would probably take most of us in eternity to figure out um, end times and what's going on. You, it would take weeks, if not months, to fully unfold and understand what's going on um, with all of end times. And that's not my goal today. 
because it wasn't Jesus's goal in this chunk of scripture that we're looking at here in this parable, right? Because he didn't break all this down, did he? He just said, it's a posture thing, right? It may not be what, what you want. You know, you may want a full study on this kind of stuff and just to have all the facts, all the information. Some of us are built that way, right? That's, we, we really thrive in that environment and we can access all the information. Um, but it's what we need. I think all of us can agree it's what we need. Um, simply put, Jesus is saying, stay awake because we do not know when Jesus will, turn for, will return for us and we don't want to be asleep when he arrives. In verse 34, we saw a picture of a master. He leaves us in charge of something, right? So the master goes away and he leaves everyone in charge. Someone's at the door, his job is to watch. What are you in charge of? Like I think about my family, right? Stephanie's over there going, well, <laughs> you may be the head, but you know, I'm, I'm the neck, right? So, um, but, but work, um, gym, school, like there's areas that you have these responsibilities. You have things you're in charge of, you have things you're, you're responsible for, and uh, you're meant to perform. So regardless of what it is, right, we're called here, we can apply this and say that view it through the lens of this scripture, that you're, you're on mission for Jesus, even if it is work, school. So like this isn't necessarily a call to stop working, stop going to school, go to Africa or some, I mean, that would be really cool if you would like to do that, missions, trips, and things like that. There's, we have means, probably we can, we can hook you up. Um, but it's not necessarily the point here so much as where you're at, the post that you're at, you can be serving and doing the mission of Jesus right where you're at. So that brings us to when. So when in the text this is the week leading up to Easter. So that's also called like Passion Week, Holy Week. Um, Jesus, in a few days, is going to be killed. He's going to be crucified as he's telling the disciples this information. Um, he is telling them this. He knows they're going to be tired. They're going to be super scared um, and very weary. And this is part of his teaching Right, that he gives them just prior to all of that. Again, it's not a lot of like specific facts and details and do's and don'ts and things like that. Um, it's a posture type thing. So, like the disciples, you know, we don't have the information that Jesus does. We're just called to be watchful, to be looking for him. Um, how's the timing of thinking through something like this for you? For me. Obviously, the cataracts thing is kind of crazy. But all things considered, I'm relative comfort in life right now. Like, I don't often get thirsty or, you know, am hungry. My girls, I feel like they respect me, right? That's a big thing as a dad. You got kids that, you know, respect you, and they're kind of doing, doing good stuff. Um, my wife loves me. I love her. Like, there's a lot of, I'm relatively comfortable so I got a lot going good for me. Work is pretty good. We made plans for the summer, but I thought were some pretty cool plans. And then work comes in and says, because I had lots of availability over the summer, just kind of worked out that way. They came in and said, oh, no, you got two students. They're yours. That means like no vacation, like all this stuff. We kind of planned this stuff. And it's like, so of course, as that happens, my mood absolutely drives down. 
as my mood drives down, my actions, everything. So it's like this domino effect of just kind of nastiness exuding from me because my plans got wrecked. Um, and the win here, it's like, it's the timing. So today I'm trying to unpack the word of God, right? I think most of us would agree relatively good thing, you know, a couple weeks ago when all this is happening, like I'm a stick in the mud, right? So like the timing, like our timeline is just going to have these ups and downs. It's just life. It's what's going to happen. And the call here is not necessarily going to just eliminate that and cause all of that to go away. But if I continue, even in those lows, even in those downs, if we continue to have this focus that what Jesus is saying is at any point in time, he's going to come back. It really does give us some perspective. It's very difficult knowing that there's this bigger picture. There's this spiritual thing that is going on that's inevitable, that's coming, it's, it makes it much more difficult for us to focus in on, okay, my couple of weeks of summer vacation plan has to, has to be modified in some way. Verse 36, he's telling us plainly, if he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. So while we have this tendency for these ups and downs, the, the word here is, hey, like, Still stay focused. Don't let Jesus come back and find us. Even if I'm in a lull, I still need to be mindful of that, that I still have this going on. Jesus is coming back. Brings us to where? Well, this is pretty short here. Mount of Olives, Jerusalem. It's in Matthew 24. This parable is in Matthew 24, Luke 21, and then as read here in Mark 13. And it takes place on the Mount of Olives. That's all I got. That's all we're going to do for where. We're going to move on to the why, right? Because that's the why is a little bit more, so I think, impactful. The why, as I alluded to earlier, is what it comes down to is posture. Remember, the question was, when is this happening? What are the signs? So we can, they, they wanted facts, they wanted information. Jesus didn't give that information in the parable, did he? Nope. He says, it's your posture. Chuck Swindoll said, Attitude is more important than facts. He's a pretty smart guy. I think Matt knows him. He's a pastor. Um, so my girls, they think they have a weird dad. They're probably right. Like, they'll ask me a question about whatever, something, and I'll, like, focus on, on one word something that they said within the question or within the comment, the statement that they said. And I, it's almost as if I don't even address what they want me to address with that communication exchange there because I'm focused on this one thing. Um, and, you know, sometimes, and that's frustrating, and I can read, read their minds sometimes. I feel like they're just like, this guy, you know, this guy. Um, but what I'm trying to do is pull something out about maybe attitude, like good or bad, right? The attitude here, like their heart, like the root of where that's coming from, the heart kind of of the issue. Um, the root cause for something. Notice Jesus, again, he's not giving like a list of facts. He doesn't give us, even outside of this piece of scripture, he doesn't give us like this list of do's and don'ts and, and all this kind of stuff. Jesus a pretty straightforward guy, and it always boils down to a matter of the heart. 
right? It boils down to a matter of the heart. Um, His emphasis here is to keep watch. Like the, the parable does mention various tasks. Right? He says, hey, the master leaves. He leaves his surgeon, servants in charge of these various things, tells the one at the door to keep watch. But the emphasis through the parable is this watchfulness, this posture, like this, this way of living more so than just those various tasks. That's all he said about the task. Hey, these people, these have these various tasks. Bloop, he just jumps right. It's not the emphasis of what's going on. For you and I, it's not the emphasis. Simply put, Jesus wants your heart, he wants your focus, right? And he wants your attention. He wants a relationship with you that is so impactful in your life and intimate that even those ups and downs, right, you're still longing for him to come back. And then that is going to affect your trajectory, affect your walk, um, the way you interact with other people, and certainly in your relationship with him. The young guy that fell asleep beside me in guard duty, the guy was racked out, sleeping real good. Um, he violated the law, right? Messed it all up. And, and I did too. Like, I, I could have been in pretty significant trouble as well because I let him sleep. And I probably should have held, you know, hey, man, you're going to get us in trouble. Wake up. I didn't. I was just like, eh, you know, he's tired. I got this. Hopefully. Um, we, we disregarded our purpose, right? We're there, but we just complete disregard. You see how you kind of, we like, kind of like lulled into it. It's not like we made this conscious decision. Yeah, I'm just going to violate military law. Let's, let's knock a hole in the wall and just let the people come. You know, I mean, it's not like this is like deliberate process, this deliberate thing, but we, we broke the law. We're guilty. Um, so this is Mark 13 that we looked at. Later, Mark 15, Jesus is crucified and he dies. In Mark 16, he rises from the dead and tells us to go and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. So the fact that we fell asleep on guard duty doesn't just mean it's over, right? What we deserved is not what we got. One, we were not caught in the act of it. But we certainly deserved punishment because we broke the rules. And notice how I'm still in the army today, right? Just got promoted this weekend. So like I was still able to continue and carry on. Had I been caught, it, it is, it's that serious. Like <laughs> things would have gone very, very differently. Um, and that's the case for us, like our walk with Jesus, right? Again, Mark 13, then Mark 15, he's crucified. Mark 16, he rises from the dead. You and I have that opportunity. We have that forgiveness. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's where he wants our focus, our attention, and our trajectory. I'll kind of close with this uh, piece of scripture. It says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace. So we, we continue to struggle Uh, We should be on fire for you. We should be awake for your mission. And we're not always. We thank you that you forgive us. You show us grace. And we ask that moving forward, that we're alert to your mission. 
that you keep our focus, you keep us awake, um, that we love others, and we love you. I ask that the Spirit goes with each person as they go out this week, and they see themselves on mission for you, and they look to bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.